This week on This Week in Blurns Ball. Trade Center Recap. Good job, Oakland. Bad job, Oakland. September Baseball. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Welcome to this week in Blurns Ball. Mumbo, perhaps. Jumbo, perhaps not. I'm your co-host, Ben Bloom. With me, as always, is my co-host and executive producer of the podcast, Jacob Morris. That's right. He got a promotion, ladies and gentlemen. Well-deserved, I might add. Is that like executive and delivery boy? It is. Yeah, we get, we put, you put executive in front of a title to make someone feel more important about themselves. Executive produced by David X. Cohen and Matt Grading. <laughs> So uh, we're here this week. It is. We're definitely going to talk about baseball, but uh, there is something that I want to talk about that's kind of baseball adjacent before we get started. Ben and I already talked about this off pod, uh, and it's something that I'm sure a lot of you already know about, uh, but we want to just take the time to give a little bit of a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. Absolutely. I mean, I was sitting on my couch Friday, I'm sure like most people were, and I get an alert, like like a news alert, that Chadwick Boseman, the, the actor, the star of Black Panther 42, uh, get on up the James Brown biopic, um, and, and, and a, a pretty impressive list of movies, um, had died of, I believe, colorectal cancer? Yeah. 43 years old, just out of nowhere, I mean, I, I, just awful news and the outpouring you saw from his colleagues and especially from fans was overwhelming. Just the impact he had on so many people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And when you heard that he had been battling colorectal cancer for uh, close to four years, and then you go back and you look at his output in those four years, he did uh, Captain America, Black Panther, two Avengers movies, 42, uh, Marshall, Get On Up, uh, five, uh, 23 Bridges, um, The Five Bloods. He did all kinds of amazing films while he was dying. And all of these movies, he was an amazing role model for Black for the black community and took on so many roles that were iconic black personas and characters. Yeah. And, you know, like it, it's impossible to understate like the, like the feeling of seeing someone you can like connect to on a visceral level on the big screen as a hero, as an icon and, you know, Black Panther, like, like he, he brought that character to not only to life, but to a whole generation of kids who 
for a long time didn't see themselves reflected on, on the big screen. And then for our purposes, we are since we're a baseball podcast, 42, again, required viewing. Like we've both like we're both baseball history nerds that we read Jackie Robinson's story inside and out as kids. Seeing it come to life in film, I, I'm still shook by, you know, like some of the scenes in that movie and really just like like he not only did Jackie justice, he again introduced someone who's you know the, the the peak of his career was before most people were alive to watch it and you know just just incredible performance and everything you've read about him just you know like a kind thoughtful person by all accounts and really just just a significant loss yeah like, we sang yeah. his praises a lot when we were talking about 42 uh, in our baseball movie bracket and how he brought Jackie to life again. Uh, but it's worth saying again, he became Jackie Robinson for that movie. And a lot of people's, so a whole generation's uh, memory of Jackie Robinson is going to be Chadwick Boseman playing Jackie Robinson on the big screen. And he was just that a phenomenal actor and by all accounts, a phenomenal person and he's going to be sorely missed. Absolutely. So, I mean, small token, like we of course dedicate this episode of this week in Lawrence ball to the memory of Chadwick Boseman. And, you know, the, there's that great Jackie Robinson quote, a life is only as important as the impact it has on other lives. I mean, how fitting is that for, someone like Chadwick Boseman for just the impact he had on, you know, his, his colleagues and on audiences everywhere. And yeah, it just, you know, yeah, I think we can, I think we can wrap it there, but really just, just out of the blue, incredibly just, just, just sad. Yeah. It's, there's no other words for it. It was, Sad, yeah. Uh, but let's not focus on the sad. Let's try and focus on the happy. Baseball's still here. And baseball, baseball is baseball's still here. And baseball had what was a fairly normal day yesterday. It didn't feel weird at the trade deadline. Trades happened. Contenders tried to load up. Uh, not contenders tried to tear down and get assets for the future. Uh, and the and- most important news of the day... Boston Red Sox did not set fucking fire to themselves completely. <laughs> Xander Bogarts, still a Red Sox. J.D. Martinez, still a Red Sox. Jackie Bradley Jr., still a Red Sox. I always found it weird to call someone a Red Sox, but you don't say, oh, he's a Red Sox. Like, but yeah. we're getting off topic. Dude, San Diego. Like, I, I, Can we just become a San Diego Padres fan account now? Yeah, holy crap. They <laughs> loaded up man they they are going for it and i don't blame them i don't care that it's a weird 60 game season with expanded playoffs a world series is a world series is a world series it counts i mean of course like the big splashy trade was getting a cleveland pitcher mike clevenger aka dumb guy who doesn't know how to follow simple health protocols but by all accounts, a good pitcher. 
Yeah. And they gave up a haul for him. So Cleveland is doing their Cleveland thing where perhaps one of these prospects they got is going to end up leading them for the Yankees in five years. Yeah, that does sound like Cleveland. Uh, but they also reworked their uh, their catching, which was a severe weakness. And they got Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox in order to patch a hole at first base and or play DH for them in the new rules NL where there's a DH. And yes, he was one of the Red Sox trades that did happen. Again, Mitch Moreland was not supposed to be this great for the Red Sox, and he was fan-fucking-tastic. He was a postseason hero, a reliable bat, you know, like a great, you know, like, like clubhouse guy. And, man, I mean, big bearded dude who bats lefty and plays first base. I wonder why I like him so much. Man, I got no idea. That, that's just a mystery to me. Mitchy two bags, Mitchy four bags, like Mitchy all the bags, and so many people who I am either related to or associate with, just gave me the just gave me the gears. Like, really, you're you're getting this amped up about Mitch Moreland? Yes, I am. Like, he is awesome. Oh, and and Pilar got traded though. Yeah, he's <laughs> in Colorado. He's not going to hurt anybody there. Although his bat might play up in the thin air. That is true, although, you know, it may be harder for him to run seven steps forward, 20 steps back to, get to catch a fly ball in that altitude. The lack of oxygen, but, but the low pressure, he could fly the way he jumps. That is, that is true. I mean, Superman does work better at high altitude, according to DC Comics. Yeah. And the Rockies also got, like, the Michael, Michael Gibbons from Baltimore. Baltimore fire sailing a bit. Yeah, well, I think Baltimore having lost three or four to the Jays and coming fairly close to losing all four to the Jays have realized they're done uh, and yeah, they're they selling. They Tommy Malone to uh, the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta getting scary once again. I mean, they were never not scary. Yeah, uh, I think that, I mean, I've been fairly consistent in saying Tampa Bay is coming out of the American League, but I think that... Uh, Whoever comes out of the gauntlet of the National League is going to be a formidable opponent. Yeah, because, I mean, the Dodgers somehow did some addition by subtraction. Ross Stripling was, you know, like they they didn't quite know what to do with him. He was like up and down. I know he had that great performance really early in his career, but he's been sort of touch and go, as it were, by dealing him and making more room. It if Kershaw is at his peak, they are still fucking terrifying. Yeah, oh, they and they have Mookie Betts, the greatest human being who has ever existed in of all time in baseball. Yeah, he's, you know, pretty decent at pretty baseball. Much. Yeah, uh, and Stripling went to the Jays in a, like, literally last-second deadline deal. That's a good pickup for the Jays. He can pitch out of the rotation if need be. He can pitch out of the bullpen in a bulk role. He's a good swing man. He's had an up and down season, but they've got Pete Walker as their pitching coach. And Pete Walker has been very consistent in turning around guys who have had kind of iffy seasons and uh, isolating what's been bad, fixing it and turning them into good pitchers again. That's what happened in 2016. Also, when they Jonathan pitched- well, yeah, they also got Jonathan VR. Uh, Sorry, I didn't Jonathan- mean to cut you off. Just I'm like, shit, 
you guys did well. Yeah. And it bothers me. The Jays bought, and the Jays bought without having to give up very much. It was all players to be named mm-hmm. later and cash considerations. So non-top 10 prospects, guys who aren't in the player pool right now. Um, Robbie Ray Cyrus. I mean, nothing wrong with that, Aki Breaky Hard. That's... <laughs> That is a dated as fuck that reference. Is old but reference. You have a decent you have another decent pitcher to throw into the mix. Now, Robbie Ray does lead the National League in walks this year. He's got an ERA over seven. But he's been consistent and good before. And again, this is a Pete Walker project. The I might cut again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, whatever, we fixed it. Uh, this is another Pete Walker kind of project where they identify what's wrong and they can fix it. And also, if he doesn't work out, it was a low-cost acquisition and you stick him in the pen. Because uh, you look at the Jays' rotation. They got Ryu. They got Taiwan Walker. Great pre-deadline pickup. He's already made a start for them. He went six innings, no runs. Uh, they've got... Not bad at all. Yeah. They've got Matt Shoemaker coming back. They've got Tanner Rourke. They've got Anderson. Like, Robbie Ray is a great addition to that. If he doesn't work... And you still have Chase Anderson, who may or may not have a pulse these days. Yeah, Chase Anderson is pitching just fine. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, it's a, the Jays are doing all this without Bo Bichette. Yeah. Well, Jonathan VR has come in essentially as the Bo Bichette replacement for now. Uh, and then when Bichette mm. comes back, hey, that's like another awesome pickup. VR becomes either your super utility guy or your third baseman because Travis Shaw can't hit again all of a sudden. That was always the problem with Travis Shaw. He is his bat. He'd, he'd, he'd leave it back at uh, Anchor Steam Bar with... Anchor Wing Bar. Sorry, Anchor Steam is a beer in San Francisco. Anchor Wings is the Buffalo Hot Wing Joint. Yeah. He, he's so stuck landing. Uh, good defensive player, good defensive third baseman, but mm-hmm. VR is a good defensive player as well. He can hit a little bit. Uh, I think his uh, WPA this year is almost exactly 100. And for those of you who don't know, WPA is a stat that measures how you hit relative to league average and a hundred is exactly league average. So that means he's almost precisely a league average hitter and he's got speed. He's stolen more bases than all of the Jays combined this year. I mean, there's, that's always a nice thing to have in your arsenal, especially a guy like Charlie Montoyo, who sometimes will tinker in the laboratory. I mean, you need, Especially right now, the Jays are in a playoff position. I have the standings up in front of me as of September 1st. Wait, let's dial it back a second. It's September fucking 1st. I'm doing the close-up on the camera right fucking now. For those of you who are listening to this, and you can probably hear the change in my audio. I probably busted the fuck out of our levels. Dude, we are into some September baseball starting now. And for the first time in, what, like four years, the Jays are in contention to go into October. Yeah. Well, I mean, depends on how you count 2017, where they were, they were in contention for a wild card spot right up till the last weekend of August, where they completely fell apart and got swept, and that ended it. 
but yeah, meaningful September ball. And that's all you can ever really ask for. I mean, September's still the back half of the season this year. That's but, true. It's a weird-ass year. But right now, yeah, the Jays come in as the... They're the eight I seed believe, right now. But yeah. they've got a pretty solid hold on the eight seed. They're only a game back of New York for the second place in the AL East, which would guarantee mm. them no worse than the six seed because of how the seeding system works. They've got and the Detroit all- Tigers are one and a half back of them. So, you know, is Detroit really going to do something? Yeah, come right. on. And the Jays have all 10 of their games this season against the Yankees still to come. So Ooh. the Jays are very much in control of their own fate. And amazingly enough, you know, you usually expect the Yankees to be, you know, picking up big guys at the deadline. It's their borough neighbor Mets making some interesting moves, picking up Miguel Castro, former Jays prospect, Robinson Chirinos, and bringing back Todd Father Frazier. Yeah, Todd Frazier just keeps coming back to the Mets. I mean, where's he from? Like Millwood, New Jersey, or Tom's River, New Jersey? He's from no Millwood, New Jersey. Jersey, Mike Trout, and uh, Tom's River, New Jersey is Todd Frazier. So, point is, it's a it was a conventionally unconventional trade deadline. And oh, Trevor Rosenthal, not a tribe member, but sounds like one on the Padres now because why not because the Padres are loading up slam Diego (laughs) I mean grandfathers is also an excellent way to describe their grand slam hitting prowess I saw that one on the Twitter yeah that's a good one and yeah right now they are top of the National League wild card and there's a three-way tie for second in the National League wild card a bunch of teams that shouldn't be allowed to play baseball because of fucking COVID. Yeah, and as we go to that one, we've got another right. outbreak. Great transition, Ben. Uh, Oakland this time. Oakland had a uh, had one, and it was a non-player personnel. So that means coach of some sort or locker room staff. Uh, but it resulted in games being canceled. Games I use liberally because it was one game game being canceled but still, still that's still. now it's in the west the, we, yeah, we've had so, a, we've had an outbreak in the east a very bad outbreak in the east we had a mild outbreak in the central where the cardinals lost a ton of games because of it and now we've had our outbreak in the west so i think we can once again further confirm and again further confirm because we've said this before Stupid fucking idea, man. Fred, let's have everyone travel across the country in violation of, you know, every single reasonable health recommendation. And yeah, let's be stubborn about it and maybe tack on a bubble at the last minute just to appease some people. No, this, again, one person gets sick, the potential to compromise a whole swath of people to have them sick or worse. Like, again, we wanted baseball so much, but we both on multiple occasions have said, this is a really high fucking price to pay for a 60 game season. Fuck, I don't even know how worth it is. Like, like, yeah, by the way, pandemic's still going on. 
case numbers still way too high. Over like six million cases in the United States. Over six million cases. Over 180,000 dead. No vaccine. But we're playing baseball and traveling all over the place. This was a oh, bad idea. Yeah. And, and, and you, even as recently as a few weeks ago, some districts were entertaining the idea of having fans. No. 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 Even, even, no. Even when the Montreal impact of MLS had, what, like 250 fans? I thought that was the stupidest thing. Like, hey, Canada, we're supposed to be the ones who are good at this. We're still not good at this in our own country. Like, we take a lot of shots at the United States. But again, let's turn it back on ourselves. There's a reason why the Jays are playing in goddamn Buffalo. Nothing wrong with Buffalo, but there's a reason the Jays are playing there. Because the federal government said, no, we're not going to have people just coming in at a, on a regular basis and potentially compromising more people. And keep in mind, the provincial government was like, oh, sure, it'll be fine. Yeah, like, well, I, think, I think part of that was they just wanted the federal government to be the bad guys. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, br- brilliant, you know, uh, night to rook for, of course, but... <laughs> Then again, we might be attributing a little too much intelligence to the provincial government of Ontario. Uh, and again, this podcast is not brought to you by any political platform except for, um, oh, what was the party that Fry joined? Um, uh, the Voter the, the Apathy, apathy party. party. The Voting yeah. Apathy League. Sign me up. You're out. <laughs> Fine. I don't want to be here. Welcome to the club. Thanks. Get out. <laughs> Oh, man. See, we need to get that Futurama juice flowing again. So back to what we were originally saying, bad Oakland. Bad Oakland. (laughs) But good Oakland, good Oakland uh, for their performance with the Houston Astros. Ugh, I hate that we're agreeing with something the Houston Astros did. Both Uh, of these teams have had issues this year, but what we saw, I believe, on Friday night – um, last Friday on what was Jackie Robinson Day across Major League Baseball was really something else. I'll let you take it from here. Yeah. So this was started on the Thursday night prior. This is the first time it happened, but then uh, we had it larger on the Friday. Uh, the first teams that did it were the Mets and the Marlins. Uh, the teams mm-hmm. took the field, uh, took a moment of silence. The moment of silence was 42 seconds long because Jackie Robinson uh, tipped their caps to one another, put a Black Lives Matter shirt down over home plate and left the field. The game was not played. Uh, and again, if, for, the, for those of our listeners, um, if you listen to our last episode, our you know additional coverage from last week of what happened in Wisconsin with Jacob Blake and with the uh, two people who were literally gunned down, like, we recommend listening to that episode. It, it was raw. It was emotional. And again, unequivocally from the podcast, Black Lives Matter. Period. Period. Uh, so it was their way of making a statement and then course, striking yeah. so that they were they were striking in solidarity there. Uh, then Oakland and Houston followed up doing the same thing leaving number 42 jerseys on the field as well. 
Uh, several other teams followed suit, uh, going to the point where they actually took the field and then left the field. Uh, very powerful moments uh, that we saw there. Of course, yeah. And again, like like some some of the quotes I've seen, you know, like instead of watching a game tonight, sit down and talk about the serious shit that's going on in the world. I think there's, I think that's a great message because there is some serious, terrifying shit going on. And yeah, you can take the time, like, like, like from a diversion to talk about something real. There's like, again, like, like all kudos to, you know, like the players for making that, that, that statement and others like it. Yeah. Uh, so we have a new segment as part of this week's episode. It's going to be a recurring segment. I had it planned for last, but it no, just we fits, so well. have it now. It fits so well right here. Uh, this it will does. be a recurring segment from now until our November 3rd episode, because that's Election Day in the United States. Uh, we call this segment Fucking Vote. And uh, for those of you who don't get it, uh, this is a segment about why our American listeners, regardless of political stripe, should get their ass out and vote. Uh, you don't actually have to go to a polling station and vote. Uh, we actually highly recommend that you get an advanced ballot and vote by mail or vote by dropping off your advanced ballot at a polling precinct. Uh, it's far safer that way because you don't have to go out and stand in line in a pandemic. Uh, and of course, we both recognize that there are there is active voter suppression in the United States and in a lot of places it can be difficult to vote. Like what we want to really highlight in this segment is if you can and if you are of legal voting age and there are no obstacles in your way. Of course, if there are obstacles in your way, that's a huge issue in its own right and like do everything in your power to vote. But if it's literally, if you're on the one yard line to switch sports metaphors, like if it's a three, two count bases loaded, fucking vote. Yeah, it's, it is literally the least you can do. Yeah. And again, like, yes, we're, we're a couple Canadians. There are hundreds of thousands of Americans living in Canada who are eligible to vote. Fucking vote. See, yeah, that's a good name for the segment. It's a great name for a segment. Uh, over one in three eligible Americans in 2016 did not vote, thereby giving up their say in how the government was formed. And then they complain about what the government did. Well, if you didn't fucking vote, really, you can't, you can't yeah, you can't complain. So if you want to have a say in what the government does, fucking vote. And again, this segment is brought to you by the words fucking vote and don't fetch. If you don't know what fetch means, you're probably fetching about it right now. <laughs> uh, so you should go to vote.gov and that will, that will enable you to figure out if you are registered to vote, uh, register to vote if you are not already registered to vote, and if you are registered to vote, figure out where you are going to vote or the options for advanced balloting or alternative voting methods. Um, we will link to that in the show notes. And again, for any American listeners being like, why are we gonna listen to a couple Canadians? Should they call a federal election in our country where, I mean, not to get too deep into federal politics in Canada, but there's a decent chance they do, despite all, you know, there's a goddamn pandemic going on. 
we will, of course, include a Canadian segment of fucking vote because voter turnout in this country sucks too. Yeah. So remember, this is regardless of political affiliation, you should vote. Uh, Ben and I have made our politics fairly clear if you haven't been able to intuit it already. Uh, These are our principles. If you don't like them, I have others. (laughs) Uh, But we, we encourage everyone to vote. It is literally the bedrock of democracy. And we're going to keep coming up with reasons every week for the next eight weeks. Well, we encourage you to get your ass out and vote. And there are more than eight reasons. <laughs> there's, there's thousands of reasons, but we're going to come up with eight really good ones. Yeah. And I think that satisfies our John Oliver quota for the week. That does. So now we return you to our regularly scheduled goofing off about movies, Futurama and baseball. Oh, my God. Dude, Bill and Ted faced the music. This wasn't in our show notes. This wasn't in our prep. Dude. 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 It made me unbelievably happy to watch the third Bill and Ted movie. It was just, it was what you want out of a Bill and Ted movie. You had nostalgia for the for the originals. You get to see Keanu Reeves again. Alex Winter is still around. Right. I mean, I, I thought he was dead. He he is not, dude. Dude. Now, dude. unfortunately, yeah. there's no George Carlin because he is actually dead. Yeah, and again, <laughs> I remember being I must have been what like eleven, twelve years old, and podcast fan favorite cousin Mark was the one who introduced me to Bill and Ted on a road trip to Detroit. And it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. And I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. So one, that started off my Keanu Reeves movie obsession. After that, it was Point Break and it was The Replacements and you know, later on, I guess The Matrix, but mostly John Wick. Canada's greatest and nicest actor. Well, I don't know about yes. greatest. There's some pretty great That's Canadian great. actors, but... I don't know. I mean, he also takes the cake for nicest. Like, and that includes Ryan Reynolds, who's like, who's, who's a nice guy? Really nice guy. Yeah. And if you haven't already, damn, I'm going to plug another thing. Uh, oh, you, should, <laughs> you should get on board with his and Haley Wickenheiser's Conquer COVID campaign, where they've been donating... Uh, PPE to frontline workers. I'll drop Which, that again, in the show notes. Yeah, we still like we still do not have enough personal protective equipment. That is still a concern. And yeah, so if that's how good a guy Ryan Reynolds is, Keanu Reeves, right? I know. And that movie also introduced me to George Carlin, The Seven Words You Can't Say on Television, which I'm sure we've said most of on this podcast, except for the ones that we literally cannot say. Yeah. Again, one of the greatest comedians of all time, if not the, like, like Richie Pryor, I mean, for me is still like, again, like ranking comedians is such a stupid thing. Like comedians will tell you that. Like there's the ones that they love, the ones that they connect with. I mean, but yeah, like like Pryor, Carlin, like from, from for our generation, Seinfeld. I mean, Coke Bill Del, Burr, Robin Williams. Again, Robin Williams, like sentimental favorite, like because 
because he's Robin freaking Williams. I mean, oh, man, you can so go back and listen to Lenny Bruce who got arrested for being a comedian. Yeah. Like, um, Eddie Murphy, dude, those... Like, oh, man. Eddie Murphy. Kid going from Eddie Murphy in Shrek to Eddie Murphy Raw, Eddie Murphy Delirious, I'm like, whoa. Whoa, yeah. I like this more. Eddie Murphy got real family-friendly at points. <laughs> yeah, man. And again, like... Like a completely changing subject. Children's names. Dear prospective parents, do not name your child Axel. There are only two Axels allowed to exist. Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop and Axel Rose of Guns and Subsequent Roses. Stop naming your children Axel. It's not cool. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, but what talk are we talking about? about? Movies. And specifically, I think this lets us turn into our second installment of Conry's Corner. Yes. Our runaway hit segment last week that got completely forgotten about because the world needed to be discussed. And the world still does need to be discussed. But there's always a corner for Conry. So this week on Conry's Corner, we're going to take a look at Conry's last ever movie. The movie that made him give up acting. (laughs) The, the, League of so Ex- the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It was awful. <laughs> I remember having such high hopes for it because it was Sean Connery. I mean, this guy was Indiana Jones's dad. He, at this point in Connery's career, he is like firmly entrenched in the role of mentor. I mean, of course, Highlander. He played Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez. He was he was Fadishta and finding Fadishta, and of course Indiana Jones's dad in Last Crusade. So he's already like the archetypal like guiding the young people on the journey. This was, this was fucking. So bad. I mean, like, and, and again, <laughs> before you're thinking, what the hell is this movie all about? Does it really matter what this movie was about? It was so bad. But what was like before we even talk about the movie, he he turned he turned down roles in the Matrix and the role of Gandalf. What and, the fuck? And the role of Dumbledore. Sean Connery as Dumbledore would have been amazing. I know. Shock it, Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine imagine family-friendly Sean Connery playing Dumbledore? I mean, didn't he play a dragon in Dragonheart with David Thelwis, who went on to be Remus Lupin? It it works! It works! It fucking works! So, the basic plot of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is, what if we did the Avengers, but with public domain characters from 1890s novels? And they're sourcing from some of the greatest novel novelists of that era. Oscar Wilde, Jules Byrne, H.G. Wells. Um, I think there's even Mark some... Twain. Yeah, Mark fucking Twain. And then, for some reason, Ian Fleming. Yeah, he's not from the 1890s at all. But yeah, let's throw in some Ian Fleming characters for fuck's sake. Yeah. And this was a graphic novel by Alan Moore and the guy who always does stuff with Alan Moore. I'm trying to blank on his name right now. Kevin O'Neill. Kevin O'Neill. So, again, like, fantastic graphic novel because 
Victorian era superhero, Bram Stoker, dude. Like, yeah. They're like the individual characters themselves. If you look at them, you know, you have Captain Nemo from 20,000 Leagues Under mm-hmm. the Sea. You have the Invisible Man. You have Dorian Gray, Mina Harker, Alan Quartermain, who, if you don't know who he is, is like the old timey, somewhat problematic these days, I'd imagine, big game hunter from England. Yeah. Tom Sawyer's in it. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde are in it. James Moriarty is the bad guy. And that's where the good parts of this end. The it, movie sucked. It should have worked. It should have worked. Now, what I've heard is that part of the reason why it sucked so bad is because this movie was written on spec uh, entirely uh, disregarding the source material. They wrote this movie as, hey, wouldn't it be cool if all of these characters teamed up and then bought the licensing to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Alan Moore graphic novel, afterwards to cover their asses legally. And the plot sucked. The effects were cheesy. Like, the dialogue was stilted. And again, Sean Connery is the king of so bad they're good movies. I mean, in a movie with Nick Cage, Sean Connery is the crazy one. And this is a Connery movie, like, I'd rather watch Zardoz, the French dubbed edition, than rewatch League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Because at least Zardoz had Mankini. Zardoz did have Mankini. And submachine guns. It, it made no yeah. sense. And ponytails. Yeah. It, well, I mean, just like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it made no sense. What was their plot? Was- they were going to flood Venice? Venice is already flooded. Yeah, that's that's like saying, you know, that's like saying we're going to flood Venice. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't make much sense, but it was, and it also killed any possibility of seeing so many of these characters on screen ever again. Nobody's going to make a 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea movie because there was a stupid League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. And there was already a Kirk Douglas one a hundred years ago. Yeah, well, nobody's ever going to top that one. But nobody's going to ever top anything Kirk Douglas was ever in, ever. Season one of Spartacus the TV show was a good time. Yes, but it did not top Spartacus. No, it did not. Although it did give rise to Manu Bennett, who would later go on to be Slade Wilson on Arrow. So he was yeah, pretty awesome. He was pretty awesome. But again... Crixus's awesome abs and other parts that you see on the show do not compare to I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. It also gave rise to the best joke ever from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Uh, famous movie lines as said by Carol Channing. I am Spartacus. <laughs> this movie was so bad that Alan Moore disowning it actually is valid because yes, he disowns everything like any parent does. Wait, what? But this one, it's like, yeah, I see your point. Yeah. I, and, and this movie was so bad. This ended Sean Connery's live action acting career. And I think he might've done like one voice later on, but 
this Robin is what gets the chance to in. see him as Gandalf, although he turned down Lord of the Rings because he didn't get it. What's there to not get? They're taking a piece of jewelry to a volcano. And there's people with funny ears and big feet. Again, that seems totally normal to me. And you're, you get to be the tall one. Sean Connery has never been the tall one. I know. Like, like that should be the selling point alone to him. You get to be tall, Sean. You get to be tall. And he would have been the best Sean in that movie. Sorry, 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 Sam. Sean Bean. I was going Sean Astin. Yeah, there have been a lot of Seans. It's like, Sean, yes, yes. Rudy. (laughs) Because that's how he answers people. Rudy. Rudy. (laughs) Oh, my God. So, yeah. In terms of giving this film a score, I give it 0.5 walks to remember because Shane West. Shane West. I give it one and a half Moby's dick. Because that's the plot. Yeah. That's the proper pluralization of Moby Dick. Mobius dicks? Ooh. That is that the episode you're oh wait, we've already used Mobius Dick. We've we've already used Mobius Dick. But so is there Mrs. Queequeg? <laughs> <laughs> From the day the Earth stood stupid. Again, another great episode we've used. And again, that episode did a better job with old-timey book characters than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen did. So let's stop talking about this terrible, awful movie, which, again, you should watch because it is terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. And let's talk about Futurama. Yes, great shows that you should not feel bad watching. So, would you like to go first? Because I have a feeling we've either picked the same episode or I've picked one that's already been picked. I've gone completely out of left field here. I'm going with the one with Bender's son. Ben Vending Rodriguez, The Bots and the Bees. Wow. That is a, an obscure one. His son has a bot mitzvah, Bender's love affair with the vending machine... Fry drinks all the green, the new slurm, and he glows green. <laughs> that was a fun episode. I mean, especially considering what happened to Bender's previous child. Yeah. Well, it's also <laughs> sad because what happens to Ben, where he wants to be a bending robot so bad that they take out his memory card so that they can put in a bending card, and he doesn't remember Bender at the end. Once again, Bender should not be allowed on television. I know. It's one of those episodes that has great, hilarious bits about Bender and then also punches you right in the feels. Yeah. And, like, Bender, amazingly for a bite-my-shiny-metal-ass robot, has a lot of heart to him. And not just the hearts he stole from the Heart Museum. So, what is yours? I hope we haven't picked this already. I'm going with the honking. No, we have not picked the honking. And that's another great Bender-centric episode. And I absolutely love this episode because it riffs on Dracula, riffs on werewolves. It's the were-car episode where the most evil car in existence, Bender, like, Bender is run over by it, bitten by it, and he becomes a were-car. And then there's the evil Satan, the Satan-mobile. It's like, 
we, we can't shove this, the, the steel of uh, the silver potato in, in its tail, but no, because I have Ed Begley Jr.'s combustion system, the most evil car of all. Hal's windshield wipers. <laughs> they were evil. It just never got mentioned on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I choose to believe what I was programmed to believe. <laughs> Bender, what does that what does that bloody binary say? Oh, it's gibberish. Zero one zero one one zero one zero. Ah! I'm Bender. You like being a robot ghost. <laughs> oh man! And of course, my favorite line. Yes, that sequence of words I said made perfect sense. Very which is good pretty episode. much our podcast. Yeah, that sequence of words I said made perfect sense. Once you put them into the right order. <laughs> Ed Begley Jr. <laughs> Man, people have been dunking on him, and he just wants to save the whales. They're people, too. They are people, too. You know, they're better than people. They're whales. Whales. Better than people. And that's the title of our podcast this week. <laughs> it makes no sense. This podcast does not make sense sometimes. It makes about as much sense as the rest of the podcast. Want to talk our classic games of the week? Let's talk our classic games of the week. Mine was fairly obvious. Uh, April 17th, 1947. April 15th, 1947. I goofed the day. Damn it. It's okay. We can edit it in post. Director's warning. We did not edit this in post. There's no such thing as post in this episode, in this podcast. I never edit anything we say. All I do is adjust the levels. Yeah, again, sorry about that. Yeah. I just have emotions that need to be said. April 15th, 1947. If you don't know this date and you're a baseball fan, what are you doing? Uh, Jackie Robinson's debut. Uh, it, it changed baseball forever. Finally broke the color barrier. Finally, all of the best athletes in the sport could play together Uh it changed baseball for the better. It changed America for the better. And uh, we commemorated it this week because of all the crap that was going on. They chose this week because it was the anniversary, it was 75th anniversary of Jackie actually signing his contract with the Dodgers. And also it was the anniversary of the March on Washington, which I did not know was the same day until we found out that it was the same day. And uh, also in honor of Chadwick Boseman, who passed away on Jackie Robinson Day this year. Of course. And again, that also informs my classic game of the week, October 4th, 1955. Game seven of the 1955 World Series. Brooklyn Dodgers to New York Yankees, nothing. The Brooklyn Dodgers win their first World Series. Jackie Robinson becomes a World Series champion again. For all of the accomplishments in his life, like like his his accomplishments in the real world, vastly eclipse his baseball accomplishments. But again, I thought this would be you know like a nice thing to to mention that Jackie Robinson was a huge part of bringing a World Series title to Brooklyn, and yeah, like it's again we want to like honor the legacy of jack robinson we want to you know honor the memory of chadwick boseman who brought jackie to life and again that like like that franchise holds a special place in so many people's hearts 
for a whole host of reasons. And, you know, the most prominent of which, in my opinion, should be Jackie's contributions to not just baseball, but the world as a whole. Yeah, that's an absolutely valid way to put it. Uh, I don't know if they had TV back then, so I don't know if we could actually, but we could I, listen to it. We could definitely listen to it, and you can also go and watch 42, which was an incredibly authentic recreation thereof. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, and I think uh, the uh, Negro Leagues Museum's baseball, uh, sorry, their Twitter account, I should say, not their baseball account, that doesn't make sense, um, they tweeted a photo of Chadwick Boseman donating his Kansas City Monarchs jersey from the movie to the museum. And again, like, like they spoke glowingly of, you know, like his commitment to the role and just of who he was as a person. And yeah, like even last week, like before all of this, my brother ordered a, a, uh, a Kansas City Monarchs hat for himself, which it's, it's a gorgeous looking hat. And uh, like, like he, he's someone, if, you, if you're looking for a Brooklyn Dodgers or more specifically a Jackie Robinson scholar, there are tons out there. I just know that he's been my brother's hero since he was a little kid. And I, I, I know how excited he was when, when 42 came out. Yeah. And uh, we'll pitch this again. I know we've pitched them a lot on the podcast. If you're ever in Kansas City, go to the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, it's a place that I myself haven't had a chance to get to, but I am looking forward to the day when I have the opportunity to. Uh, they're also podcast phenomenal... road trip. Yeah, podcast road trip. Well, when things are a little bit better in America. By the way, our border is still closed. <laughs> yeah, through to the end of this month, because uh, things are not great in America right now. Uh, straighten your stuff out with that virus, guys. Figure it out. <laughs> Uh, so before we wrap, I just want to give shout outs to a couple of people that gave us great reviews on iTunes. If you enjoyed this podcast, give us a nice review, give us a comment. Uh, it helps us know that we're doing a good job and it also helps the algorithms that determine everything on the internet, uh, bump us up so that more people find us. So the first one comes from Craig and them. Uh, it says, I appreciate your humor mixed in with the deep dives into actual baseball topics. I think this show is perfect for discussing what a crazy season this is. Well, wow, that's, that's really nice. I mean, they're giving us far too much credit for being thoughtful, but yeah, we'll and take it. The second one comes from Craig Simmons. This wasn't an iTunes review. This was actually a message sent directly to us. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Do we have that capability? We do have that capability, both through Facebook and Gmail. Once again, keep in mind that Jacob Morris, our ex- exceptional executive producer, is at the controls of all these things. They, they don't let me see anything. Like, like they, they, they give me a cookie and let me sit in the corner. Like that's... Ben shows up once a week and uh, lends his voice to the podcast. So this one was... Act- somebody, who, somebody who really <laughs> listened because they knew they were talking to me. So, this so is they from- know this is the Jacob Morris show featuring Scruffy over here. Life, death, it's all just one big continuum to Scruffy. (laughs) Okay, so uh, Craig Simmons wrote, Hey Jacob, I love the show. I'm listening to the most recent episode right now. Uh, They were 
based on this comment when I got it and what they said, referring to episode 30. I like that you're using your voice to bring awareness to a despicable and frustrating trend in sports. It's important that cisgender straight males like us and white males like yourself speak up about those topics and recognizing your privilege. So we were complimented for being good people. That's fucking great. Like, I didn't hear a single thing about like any of the other shenanigans we do on the show. And I am so okay with that. Like yeah. we, we, this, neither of us are putting on a performance. We are not good enough actors to be putting up an act. We're, again, this is who we are. This is who we are. You're getting pure unfiltered Ben and Jacob uh, when you listen to this podcast. You're getting, you know, completely authentic Jacob and Ben. Yeah. So, uh, if you want to give us a nice rating or review, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Overcast, pretty much any major podcasting service. Uh, give us a nice review, subscribe, tell your friends uh, if you really like it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the podcast, you could follow us on Twitter. We're at TWIBlearnsBall. We're also on Instagram as at TWI Blurnsball. You can follow our page on Facebook. The page is named This Week in Blurnsball. You can email the podcast. The podcast is twiblurnsball at gmail.com. It's really easy to remember. Pretty much everything to get in touch with us is TWI Blurnsball. Um, you can watch you us on get, YouTube too. You can find us on YouTube too. It's This Week in Blurnsball. And that's where you can watch all of our beautiful visuals. Like me doing did the you, robot. Did I contribute? Did Zoidberg do good? Zoidberg did do good. Hooray for me. I'm helping. Uh, and if you want to email the podcast, uh, give us anything that's kind of longer form than the hundred, the 280 characters of Twitter or the however many characters Facebook limits you to, or just not to have it out in the open like that. Uh, the email is twiblearnsball at gmail.com. If you send us an email, uh, we will get back to you on whatever the topic is. Uh, if you want to send us recommendations for topics, uh, recommendations for movies that we should talk about for Connery's Corner, just feedback saying, hey, you guys are great. We appreciate that kind of stuff. And if you give us a good review, we will read it out on the air, uh, like you just heard at the end there. Uh, Absolutely. I think that wraps it up. Uh, remember to be good people. That's that's the big thing from this. Yeah, be excellent to each other. But it's it's not that hard. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. Uh, so for this week in Blurnsball, I'm Jacob Morris. I'm Ben Bloom. Thank you so much for joining us. Farewell from the world of tomorrow. Coming up next week on This Week in Blurns Ball. Excellent!